Join From Beer to the Bible every week as Irvin Lee and co-host Sarah Oliveira McDonald warn others of the consequences of drug and alcohol addiction by being the voice of faith-based recovery. Every week, Irvin and Sarah help people get access to the treatment and counseling they so desperately need. They explore the depths of addiction and give practical life examples of how to recover and develop a new rhythm of living. The show is gritty, authentic, and simply raw while being rooted in the love, faith, and hope of God. Welcome to From Beer to the Bible. Welcome to From Beer to the Bible. I'm your host, Irvin Lee, and I have a surprise for you guys this week. Number one, as you can see, we're in a new studio, and I have a guest co-host, Adriana. Say hello. Hello. I'm Adriana. I'm here co-hosting. Yes, today. yes. It will it, be special. A lot has gone on behind the scenes. Hi, Sarah. We miss you. Uh, but we're here and we're loving the new studio. And as we always do, we want to talk and continue in the series that we've been in, which is talking about the importance of God's love. The importance of God's love. And today's show and topic is around growing in God's love. And keeping with our theme, as we always do, we're going to anchor ourselves in the Word of God. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to read Romans. We have Romans 8, 38. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the power of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yes, amen to the reading of uh, the Word of God. As we move into the show, we want to set up three kind of, I like to say, spiritual vitamins that we would like you guys to take away. One is nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. God first loved us, and God's love is not weak, nor is it fickle. God's love is everlasting. So those are the things that we want to ground ourselves in, and we want you guys to take away from today's show. And I'm so excited. I want to talk to Adriana about her testimony. I, I kid her all the time and we laugh and joke about it. And I ask her off camera if it was okay if I told you guys how old she was. She's 22 and she's the youngest person that we've ever had on the show since we started the ministry. So welcome and I'm super Thank excited. You. I'm grateful to be here. Well, begin by just giving us a little bit of your testimony. Yeah, so I was adopted from Russia when okay. I was two, Moscow, Russia. I have a brother and a sister, both older, and then I grew up with my parents, my mom and dad. Mm -hmm. Amazing family. So I had a pretty, you would say, normal childhood, and I was a competitive swimmer growing up. So I was super disciplined from, you know, the age of six to 16, like on a very uh, tight schedule. And it just taught me a lot of discipline, a lot of hard work and dedication. And so 16 on is kind of when I started my, my journey. So from when I was 16, I remember that was the first time that I ever 
tried alcohol mm-hmm. or drank alcohol and I remember you know in grade school fifth grade and yeah. that's when they kind of told you you know you watch those videos don't do drugs yeah. don't drink alcohol just say and, no yeah. yeah just say no <laughs> <laughs> and I you know I look back now and I'm like I wish I knew that when I was, you know, maybe yeah. at the age of 16, because those things kind of just passed by my head. So mm-hmm. from whenever I was 16, I remember I was never able to drink responsibly. Okay. Like I, whenever they t- tell you about the allergy, I had yeah. that from day one. Like okay. I had that instantaneously. I remember I would drink and I would drink with my friends. Like I didn't a normal like we're going out we're gonna have some fun so mm-hmm. i would be the only one that's you know pla- like black plastered wow. and wow. yeah and i never understood why i'm like did i drink too much okay yeah. well next time I, I won't drink as much okay that's kind of my thought process in the time being did your friends notice that you were kind of the only one that alcohol was affecting you differently they definitely noticed and because you know you see the pictures you see the videos from the next day and i'm like i don't want to see that the shame yeah Uh, yeah, i'm like not like i don't want to see that but yeah they they definitely knew i had you know something there was something not right but we were young at the time we didn't know that about this disease we didn't know about this um malfunction that we had Mm -hmm. that me and you share yeah but so they would drink and they would drink the same amount as me and I would be the only one that's, yeah. you know, incoherent. Yeah. So from 16 to, I moved from Maryland to um, Texas when I was 17. Okay. So from that time being, I didn't necessarily drink. I didn't know anyone when I moved here. So I didn't, mm-hmm. wasn't really involved in that behavior until I went off to college. Okay. So I went to college for a year <laughs> at Texas Tech and yeah. I'll tell you that was a pivotal moment in my life where everything kind of flipped a switch okay so everything flipped a switch i you know started drinking irresponsibly going out i was not participating in classes i yeah so i was you know on on the deep end and that's when i you know i was not able to drink responsibly since the beginning and then I was introduced to, you know, substances, which when I paired them together, it was just like down, a kryptonite. Just, yeah, yeah, downhill where I'm, from there. Yeah, downhill from there where, okay. you know, I was able to keep up with people. And I was like, this is, I've never experienced this before. I can go out um, for the night and not end up how I usually end up. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, that's kind of where the speed picked up, where I started, you know, when I put the substance in my body, it felt like something I was missing. And I was yeah. like, I need this. Like, yeah, I will do. It. And it was from, I'm an all or nothing person. That's yeah. like my, just my personality. I'm all or nothing. So when I, you know, tried that, it was, I need this. And I need this now. And I need this to get myself it just felt like something like filled if it, it, filled it, it feels up. right and you feel i i always say it's the piece of the puzzle that fit that you were looking for that makes everything okay that calms you down that i always say when i drank it was like man i felt like superman i felt complete the the racing the fears all that stuff went away 
at what point, when did you say to yourself, I'm in trouble here and I need help? Yes, so I would say it got it went on for about I went I finished my year of college and from then on I was still, you know, partaking in the using and the yeah. abusing and I remember, you know, that went on for about a year and it got to a point where I Yeah. It was not I couldn't hide it. So okay. I, you know, I came to my mom and mom, I have a problem. This was the beginning of quarantine. Mhm. So the beginning of quarantine, you know, I got sober and every time I would get sober, I would feel that there is a presence, yeah. a higher authority over mm -hmm. my life. And I've experienced um, before that, you know, that presence yeah. intercede in my life and very strongly where it could only have been him. Yeah. But growing up, I, you know, I went to church on yeah. occasions and... Mm -hmm all those stories the bible stories and yeah. the stories that you hear um from the bible they just were stories they yeah. just felt like another bedtime story so yeah. they didn't hold any weight in my soul they did not hold any weight i my parents didn't they were, were on the worship team but they didn't ever preach the gospel to us okay so you know i experienced the lord and i would read a um devotional Yes. And that's as far as I got in that time period. So, so yeah, so at quarantine, I stayed sober for probably three months and, mm -hmm. you know, I gave back into the behavior. And I believe that if we don't get to the root cause of why we are using these substances to fill the void or the deeper root cause, then we're going to keep going back to the yeah. default, to the default, to the default, because it's what's comforting it's what f what feels it's what feels good what feels good what feels right what what we know to do mm -hmm. um so i quarantined to that time period that's done lasted you know some months until the, the beginning of last year 2021 yeah and that was you know it got to the to the worst extent over that period of time and then january 2021 i my parents were like, well, you know, you yeah. can go to rehab or you can leave oh, the house. So so it was that bad. And how was that impacting your relationship with them? And then also, how was that impacting where was God and where was God's love in this process that you were going through at that point? Right. So I know my, my parents would say, I'm praying for you. And it mm -hmm. kind of just like, I was like, okay. That's cute. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure. It's the optics. Yeah. yeah. So they would say, I'm praying for you. Like, I just pray that something, yeah. you know, takes gives. And when they brought up the idea of rehab, I was pretty yeah. like, okay, you know, yeah. I, I felt this sense of calm that, you know, I, mm -hmm. I hope to get help because I was, I was doing that behavior and I didn't want to be partaking yeah. in it. Mm -hmm. So when something is controlling you of that nature so deeply and you, you don't want to be doing what you're doing it feels like you're out of control yeah like you don't know how to stop but you don't know how to keep living without it so you're really living in an insane you, circumstance you you're you're basically like my counselor said to me you're living in chaos and insanity and extreme fear so parents out there understand and know that when you're dealing with a child or a loved one in active addiction 
it's the insanity, it's the fear, and then it becomes the hopelessness. Did you ever get to that point? To the hopelessness? Mm -hmm. I felt before I went into rehab, that's mm -hmm. when I had, you know, the mental breakdown where I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it yeah, out of this. Yeah. Where I didn't know if the substance was going to take my life or at the end of the day, if I was just not strong enough to keep going. Mm -hmm. But the Lord knows yeah. and he's faithful. So I went into rehab and I experienced the Lord's yeah. presence, the Lord's love for me. Mm -hmm. And I remember writing, I showed you some of my poetry. Yeah. So I've written, I would write biblical poetry before I even read the Bible. So yeah. I have written things of that nature and I could feel, you know, some, I could feel joy. Like okay. I could feel joy and peace. And, yeah. you know, I was, going with the flow i was i didn't know what inner healing was at the time mm -hmm. so you know i kind of just was going with the motions you know going yeah. to the aa meetings doing what they said you know recovery looks like yeah you know this is what recovery looks like if you want to stay sober you have to do this this and that yeah i'm like okay i'm going to do this this and that yeah didn't stay sober <laughs> yeah so at the end of the day i believe that there's no one size fits all we all have you know different needs and different um goals that yeah. we're reaching but i guess i'll kind of wrap up the the end of my story so okay. i was sober for nine months and this was the end of 20 the 2021 so mm -hmm. going into 2022 okay. is when you know the lord really took hold of my life and did an extreme miracle and i know not everyone shares the same story or similar yeah. stories, which is amazing because we are all different. We're all unique, which God created us to be. So yeah. I love that. But so I was at work one day and I remember writing to mm -hmm. the Lord at the time because I was still not to the extent that I was before, but, you know, using the substances to get myself by. But yeah. I knew that wasn't what the Lord was had in store for me. I knew that there was something pulling me to like, yeah just something to something to give so. so you felt his presence and then you started to wean yourself away from the drugs and the alcohol and then starting to lean into the lord to lean into the lord mm -hmm. i remember the first um kind of step i took was i met with my dad's pastor from a small methodist church mm -hmm. and i didn't know what necessary i just met with her because i was like i'm gonna be 23 i don't know where my life is going yeah I, you know, I didn't finish college, which is okay, but yeah. I didn't have like a trajectory for my life. I was okay. kind of felt like I was floating by and I'm getting older and it's, you know, daunting. I'm like, I need to do something. Yeah. So I met with my dad's pastor, which, you know, it, it held weight in my heart, but I didn't know what even that small mm -hmm. meeting was going to lead to. Okay. So I was in work one day and this was the beginning of February and okay. I met this woman. She's my mentor now, yeah. Shauna, you're amazing. Um, her name is Shauna. She was in my work one day and I didn't look the best. I yeah. felt not the best. And she just started prophesying over me like, you know, the Lord loves you and he has something amazing for you. Yeah. And I, I remember cause I was writing to him at the time and I was like, it's so, interesting that you're saying this because yeah. you know the lord sends angels here on earth and 
if you have a hard heart, you won't be able to recognize. Yeah, we, we, we miss we miss the help the Lord sends us. And then many times we also miss the people that the Lord sends us to intercede in our lives. And I love the story because she started with love. The Lord loves you, mm -hmm. right? And so many times as we talk to people in their recovery journey, we the part that I hear that's missing and missing in the world today, period, is love. We we forget to start with love. So it, it so thank you, Shauna, for starting thank with you, love. Shana. Yeah. yeah. That was, you know, she just, the Lord loves you and mm -hmm. he wants to do something in your life that you can't even see right now. Mm -hmm. And so I remember I was, you know, I felt touched and she was like, if you want to get coffee, here's my card. And then she brought me to a church service and, yeah. you know, I, I was like, this is cool. I like this. It was, it wasn't anything serious. And then I would say the end of February, she would say just you know imagine you and the lord together not your mm -hmm. earthly father because i was like i can't see him i can't see him but your heavenly father the one who loves you and who is who is your comforter just imagine yeah. you two just picture you two and i remember the most profound experience where he brought me to my knees in my room and i heard him audibly say you're saved and i was like this is mm -hmm. Um, this is what it is and I felt like he gave me a key mm -hmm. and then one here's a component yeah. we're unlocking doors I felt like I finally figured not figured it out but I finally felt like you you finally felt the presence and the power I always tell people the thing that I have learned from walking talking and spending time with the Lord is in his presence there's this power and then you could feel him almost surrounding you in his love and talk a little bit about because i have lots of friends and we have listeners and viewers who are parents and of people who are struggling through drug and alcohol addiction what is it that you would say to them to help them and encourage them yeah so i would say keep an open heart mm, keep an open good. heart a hard heart will block you from any type of receiving what the lord has said you just have to open your heart one percent he says a mustard seed mm -hmm. just a mustard seed yeah. of faith and he will do the rest and that's what i experienced he interceded in my life and he he delivered me from from the drugs and the alcohol and i know that's not everyone's story but sure. you don't know if it could be your story and you don't know what he has in store for you so yeah. i just say keep an open heart keep keep your heart open keep your spirit open because he will move and he will work yeah and he shows up a lot he shows up in his perfect timing we pray and i'm guilty of it myself and i want god to immediately answer that prayer well he had to show me that there are prayers that I prayed for years and he finally answered. And I know that I prayed to be delivered from alcohol for years. And what I love about your testimony is that you're one of, I, I count them, I keep track of them, where the Lord touches a person and they're delivered from their addiction. That wasn't my story, but you're like this, I'm going to say number seven that I know. So it does happen. But I also want to encourage parents and those who are suffering, if that does not happen, perhaps your story is 
like mine where there was a process and there was treatment center involved and a walk through to get to my healing, which I believe I'm healed and recovered, but it's a daily healing and a daily recovery. Absolutely. Yeah. And I really do credit going to the treatment center to learn about what the disease mm -hmm. um, of alcoholism is and the disease of drug addiction is and to learn the physiological components because that's kind of how I am as a learner. Like yeah. if someone says, Adriana, don't do that, don't do that. Oh, yeah, it's like a, it's like uh, a, I have. I'm going to uh, do that. Oh, I, I remember that. I told my dad one day. I said, "Do you know if I would have listened to what you and Mom said not to do, and if I would have done those things, 95% of the issues that I have caused in my life, I would not have caused just by being obedient." And God calls us to be obedient to our parents, but more importantly, to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I, I get super excited when I meet young people like yourself, men and women. I'm, I'm excited and I pray for you guys a lot because you get the awesome privilege of being 22 and you're that person who could be in a 12-step room with I have 40 years of sobriety. Now, the flip side of that coin is you, you have to be sober for 30, 40 years, a long period of time. And that's a one day at a time process. But I want to talk about, you know, your rhythm of living and how you go about taking, you know, the steps to stay sober. Absolutely. I believe in the 12 step program. Mm -hmm. I believe that the steps are, you know, based around God and they yeah. know that God is the center and God works. And I believe I personally do best when I'm in the I'm in the word every yeah. single day and I have people around me, my mentors, my friends to keep me accountable and mm -hmm. to know that, you know, this is a journey that I'm on, not we, if we don't even share the same journey, I'm still, yeah. it's still a part of my life. And, you know, just being honored that I'm being aware of that and being receptive to, you know, something triggers me, Adriana. Yeah. Well, what, well, what is it? But I believe the word is so, so special. Yes. I didn't know who, Probably till the till I was saved, I never have read the Bible. Yeah. I it's I grew up knowing who God was and knowing mm -hmm. the stories, but I never personally read the Bible. And once I was saved, I was filled with the Spirit, and the words came to life. Yeah, where really. they are, He says that we'll stand on His word and His word alone, so we're not waved by the outside. So just being in His word and knowing His love for us and mm -hmm. knowing who He says we are, because I believe. Identity is such a big thing too. It so it is so powerful, and that's why we we started with Romans eight thirty eight and thirty nine verses. But Romans eight, if you haven't read it, please go and read it because it talks about being our identity in Christ, who we are as sons and daughters. So it's so powerful. Now I share with uh, our listeners the importance of weeding out people, places, and things, especially when you're young in Christ and you are young. And I know that your age range, friends, social media, the pressures, the hanging, all that stuff is, it's, it's a maze of secular ideas, thoughts, and things that could lead you down a bad road. So how do you handle that? Right. I had to change my people, places, and things. Okay. I 
since I'm an all or nothing person, once I was saved and filled with the Spirit, I yeah. was like, this is, you know, I'm not, I'm not leaving this. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. So I spend time with people who are like-minded, who have the same yeah. um, values, the same morals, the same um, values. So yeah. my mentor, she's amazing. I, you know, I go to church and I find good mm -hmm. people in church and, and it doesn't have to be something that it's not where yeah. I don't feel like I've changed my yeah. um my personality my heart has changed my yeah. motives have changed but i'm still yeah. you know i still like what i like i love to work out i yeah. love to do those things but it's about changing the heart and changing the spirit and i think too with um drinking and, and uh -huh. using substances we open the door to the spiritual realm and mm -hmm. i wasn't aware of the spiritual realm until i you know, I spend time with people who have right. gone before me. So mm -hmm. we're opening the door to so many things in the spiritual realm. And that's ultimately destroying our spirit. And yeah. and the enemy, will he loves that. He loves to come in and tell us, you know, well, you're this. Well, you know, no one, no yeah. one loves you. You can't be loved because you're this, because you're yeah. an alcoholic, because you're a drug addict. Yeah. But once we get in the word, we know, okay, yes, I've made those mistakes, but it's not who I am. It's not who the Lord says I am. I, you, you covered something that is so important. The enemy comes in, and the Bible says the enemy comes in like a flood. And when he does, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard. What I've noticed, especially around us who are in recovery from addiction, he attacks God's love for us. That's why we were sitting and couching ourselves and talking about the importance and then being able to grow in God's love. The, the other thing that he used against me, and I've seen him use it against the young guys that I work with, is that recovery, sobriety, and being a follower of Jesus Christ isn't fun. Dispel that rumor for those uh, uh, of our listeners out there. Yes, I think that it's, you know, he gives us guidelines, honestly, to protect us. That's yeah. what I've learned because I, at first, I kind of was like, when I would get sober, I'm like, well, I can't, you know, do this yeah. and I can't do that. And I'm young. Yeah. I'm young, so I'm not going to be able to experience the full yeah. extent. But it's a lie. It's all, you know, yeah. a facade that we're, especially in my generation, that we're trying to live up to. Well, I have this. Well, I have that. Well, mm -hmm. you know, once we are you know, pass on, we're not going to have any of those yeah. things. It's going to be our spirit that mm -hmm. is what holds true. And what's, and what God looks at is, well, you know, did you follow my yeah. God? And it's just to protect us. It's not anything about trying to control us. He wants, he loves us and he wants us to be, you know, protected. And yeah, because it, it feels like, and even when I got sober, the enemy was using that against me. Well, you can't do this. You can't do that. And then I had to flip it around on its head and say, I can do everything anybody else can. I just can't drink. Mm -hmm. And if that's the only thing I can't do, I'm okay with that. And when we start to walk with Christ, God's ultimate goal is for us to be conformed to the image of Christ then we get new desires and we get uh, we develop new habits and out of those desires and habits we desire new behaviors right we renew our mind with the word of god talk about kind of your daily living routine or rhythm of living of how you stay sober 
Right. So I, you know, I wake up, I make my bed. That's what I learned in rehab. You make yeah, oh, man. I'm a, it's my, the first yes, time got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do yeah, it. That's important. <laughs> you got to do it. So, yeah, I, I wake up, I make my bed, I get in the word, I write. Yeah. I love to write. I think mm -hmm. it's been so monumental for me. Yeah writing down the vision, writing down the prayers, yeah. getting it out. And I spend time yeah. in his presence and I just ask the Lord, what do you, yeah. what do you want me to do today? What can I be of service? Yeah. How can I provide for your kingdom? Uh, let me say something right there. Guys, that's so important that she didn't come to God asking God for anything. She said, God, what can I do for you today? I think so many times we go immediately to God and we have our list out and we just start almost demanding, God, I need this, this, and this today. And we never even get to God. What could I do for the kingdom of God? What can I do for the Lord? So I wanted to make that point because that's so powerful. Yeah. So I spend time in his presence and, you know, I, I love to cook. I eat very mm -hmm. well. I think mm -hmm. it's been so so big in my recovery because yeah. you know once you're my stunt was for probably three years but once you are you know drinking and using you are depleting yourself of the natural chemicals the natural hormones that your body is is making because we're putting in toxic and lethal chemicals into our body so it's been so big for me is to put the good things in to replenish to fuel myself and on and we are three in one so yep. our body it's mind body spirit the lord made us to glorify him so he gives us the things i believe that he wants us to put in our bodies yep. from the earth so that's that's a whole nother story yeah. i could talk for uh, hours about yeah, that I, I know and but that is important it because is important. You, you've got to take care of God likes us to be balanced, right? Uh, power, love, sound mind, self-discipline, right? Around mm -hmm. all things, all three parts of who we are. I cannot let you leave without asking, and what is it like to be dating and single and in recovery? Dating and single and in recovery. I'm <laughs> currently taking a whole absence from that okay. from that right now okay. i believe that the lord is doing a work in me we're getting to the deeper roots of why i my behavior was because i believe you know we get sober but there's a whole laundry list of oh. well i did this yeah. and i did this and of course repentance and god will forgive your sins but yeah. why did we do those things what is a deeper root cause what is making us feel this way and it's actually so interesting i did mm -hmm. an inner healing yeah. about two and a half weeks ago okay. and i kept coming to an unwanted feeling i'm adopted from russia so yeah. you know we were going back and, and the lord was giving me visions but the deepest root of my internal um distress was yeah. fe the feeling of being unlovable Okay. unlovable and yeah. you know just assuring the lord says in his in his word that he has created us from the time being that he knew us before yeah you know before we were formed in our mother's womb so just seeing where he was at in the whole from when i was born to now and seeing you know his light travel from from moscow to 
to where I'm with my family now and to here and seeing where he was in those times and yeah. going back to, okay, well, the Lord kept me safe through all of these times. So there, there has to be a God because one, I shouldn't be here yeah. um, from my behavior, but also him being so faithful and so true to who he says he is because God is love and love doesn't control love does not so, and it, it, it love forgives and you know talk about this because one of the hardest parts was I think I, I was okay with forgiving others I was okay with forgiving the things that I had done but I don't know that I forgave myself for a while I think I'm still kind of working through that because as you were talking about you do this work and then you remember these awful things and, and it's like the guilt and the shame try to come back. How do, how do you deal with that? Yeah, so I think that's just a tactic, tactic from the enemy. Mm -hmm. I And I believe it's also called a repentance because yeah. we did spend a, a good chunk of our time in <laughs> sinful behavior and the Lord, I believe, yes, we are forgiven, but I yeah. think that he will bring stuff up just to remind us, hey, yeah. You know, I kept you safe through all that. My glory is still, it's still here. It's still real. Yeah. And just remember how much I loved you and how I kept you safe from those yeah. situations. Because, you know, luckily I was never in trouble. And I don't know about you with the law. Yeah. I was never in trouble. And that's by the glory of God where yeah. I, you know, by all means. And I, yeah, I believe that he just wants us to remind of how good he is. And also I think that if I didn't experience those dark, dark times and the depths of despair, I wouldn't know how light and how and how much he loves us in the glory mm -hmm. of him. I believe they're two, two, two totally different spectrums, but, you know, if I didn't experience one, I wouldn't have experienced the other. I, I, I think if you're going through a trial or tribulation, you're hurt, you're sick, and I've been... Uh, through all of those things and the common denominator to me is I had no one else to depend on during those times but the Lord God and I learned more about his love I grew more through my addiction than I ever did during the good times and being blessed I grew more I learned more about him and I learned to steal myself in his presence and to be honest, it was through those horrible times that I had to learn to take steps of faith. And then I had to learn this word that all of us in recovery have to learn is trust. Not in ourselves, because a lot of times we've been our own God. So I had a lot of trust for me. I don't know why. It wasn't like I was doing anything great. But I had to learn to transfer the, tr the trust that I had in, in myself and in the things of life and transfer that and put that where it truly belong, uh, the Lord God. So talk, we get lots of, I guess I'm gonna say requests and questions for from parents. So I wanna go back and talk about parents again. What, how's your relationship one with your mom and dad? Two, as you look back on that, is there anything else that you would want to share with your parents and the parents that are uh, watching in the audience today? Yes. Yeah, so I think the biggest thing is there is hope. 
don't don't give up on your children mm, don't good. give up on them because they they need you yes and I know it's hard I know it was hard for my parents to yeah. to watch what I was going through and uh-huh. to accept that this is what it is they yeah you know I knew that they wanted the best for me and I you know, I was selfish at the time, so I couldn't see yeah. their love for me. So I was putting the blame on them, but yeah. really it's just a mechanism to make myself feel secure. But yeah, don't give up on your children. Come from a place of love. Yeah. Come from so a place important. of love. I know that with my parents, they they did their best mm-hmm. and they did their best to come from a concern standpoint. Yeah. But I think that... Yeah, I just think come from a place of love. And to my parents, I, you know, I'm so grateful that I get to honor them now and that I get to be the daughter that the Lord has created me to be and the sister that the Lord has created me to be. So our our behavior doesn't define who we are. Yeah. The Lord does. And once we can put our trust in him and he Mm -hmm. will guide us and he will renew us and he'll restore us. And yes, our our mistakes are our mistakes, and yep. once you can look back and and own them, I think that it it does a ways, and you can come it, out the other side. Uh, the The other thing is, and I would tell parents this: remember the Lord God. Remember all that He's done in your life when you were young. We've all gone astray. The Bible says that we all make mistakes may not be addiction, but remember all the Lord has done for you, your family, and delivered you from, and he'll do it again. We just have to remember the Lord. And if you need to find something in the Bible, look up Deuteronomy 8. Read the whole chapter, and it talks about remembering the great works of the Lord that he's done for us all. And as we continue to talk about growing in God's love, what do you think that as you think about God's love, what have you experienced and what area have you grown the most in God's love? The area I've grown the most, I believe it's a whole thing and I, a whole thing in faith where mm, I, that's good. I knew he was real and I've experienced him, but yeah. now his promises are reigning true yeah. and he's restoring me and my old thoughts are not my old thoughts. They're, yeah. You know, I'm gaining the mind of Christ. Mm-hmm. Once we put our trust in Him, He says, you know, you'll you'll get the mind of Christ. You'll have the heart of Christ. And some people don't get, ever get to experience the power of Jesus. Some people don't even know who Jesus is. Yeah. So if we can be Jesus here on earth, that goes a whole long ways. And that's what mm-hmm. He said that we'll do greater things than He ever right. did. And that our spirit. His spirit dwells in us. We have the spirit of Jesus Christ living inside of us because he's alive. His word is alive mm-hmm. today. And I wanted to just come from what the Bible says that love yeah. is and how love is defined in the Bible. So yeah. we're from on Corinthians 13, 4. So love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and keeps no record of wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Mm. Love never gives up, 
never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Mm. Amen. Uh, I, I love that. I love that. And this is what I would say to parents, husbands, wives, family of those who are suffering from addiction. We just heard it from the Word of God that it, love does not keep record. And we have to get to a point that no matter what those behaviors are, that our love for our loved one who is suffering from this disease is great enough that we don't keep record, right? And I know that sometimes when we're in our active addiction, Adriana, you know this, we do some awful things and there's such collateral damage and it, I understand that it takes time, but it says love does not keep a record. So immediately work on forgiving your loved one, your husband, your daughter, your young person, um, because that helps not only yourself, but it also helps to keep them on the path to recovery. Talk to young people who have not read the Bible and uh, talk about the importance of just giving the Bible a chance. Yes. So I never personally read the Bible. I remember trying to read it one time and I started from page one and I'm like, no, immediately crosses it. uh, It Uh, wasn't the King James (laughs) version too? No, okay. you know, it might like, have been. Oh, man, have that, been. that could get you right there. Yeah, it might have been. <laughs> so that was a wrap for that. That was three years ago. Mm-hmm. And I would read devotionals. I remember I would read it in rehab, a little devotional every day, Philippians. Yeah. It was two. Um, but once you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's all you have to do for yeah. first off, you're saved. But once you, you know, believe that his promises will come true and I don't know if it was some like profound thing that the Lord just filled me with his spirit immediately. Yeah. Like I started speaking in tongues. I was like, yeah. I've never, like, I don't know what this is. Yeah. And I believe too, I wanted to add on trust in to parents and family members to trust in the Lord. Cause the Lord knows your child better yeah. than you know your child. He created your child in his image. He knows your, your child better than you do. So just trust in him that he will, that he will will. be faithful, and and he will. I hear this from a lot of parents, and I'm gonna encourage you as a parent to do this, is people turn their children over to the Lord. Turn them over to the Lord, because ultimately he is their divine heavenly father. He has the plan, he has the way, and he's got the will, and he's got the power to bring that to pass. And that does not mean that their life will be smooth, but you know then that they're in the mighty hand and care of the living God. And I have talked to a bunch of young people about the Bible and tried to get them encouraged in the Bible. And it, it can sometimes be a challenge because there's, there's so many distractions. I guess, how do you find other young people who have a passion for reading the Bible? I believe I just trust in the Lord. He will mm-hmm. bring and, and pray about it. He will bring the people yeah, who he has in store for you to do life with. And I I truly believe you, 
you are who you surround yourself with. So once you're changing your atmosphere, I started going to church and I started, mm. you know, getting into Bible study. And those people, there are people of my age too. They're they're cool people. I enjoy spending time yeah. with them. I can confide in them and I can trust in them. But ultimately, he will bring the right people into your life, and and it'll be a good time. I am grateful. And and we we all love church. And I I want to talk a little bit about small groups and the importance of that because we learn better in small groups and i think it gives us the opportunity to be discipled through small groups which i think both of us have been discipled through smaller groups at our church and then also outside of the church i have a gentleman uh thank you who helped disciple me and really take me through the word and teach me the word Talk about the importance of your mentor and your spiritual mentor along your path of staying sober. Yeah, absolutely. My mentor, she, I think it's so important to trust um, the people that have gone before you mm-hmm. that are, you know, in the, in the word and yeah. have the spirit of Christ living in them. And I remember when I first met my mentor, she came into my work, but she had this presence about her that was peaceful, that was loving, that was kind, that was generous. And I was like, what does she have that I don't have? I wanted that. that. And I was like, she has something and I don't know what it is. And ultimately it was the spirit of Christ. And Uh. yeah, the important small groups are so amazing. I think you can get more one-on-one learning and you can feel more, um, it's not as intimidating. Not as right? intimidating, right? Yeah. yeah, I love church because I love worship, and I do love the message. But I love to be able to speak to people my age and for to hear like-minded and to hear other people's stories and what the Lord is doing in their life because He has a different plan, and we're all on a different journey. So just surrounding yourself with the people who are, yeah. you know, have the same values and and want to learn along with you. Um, as we get ready to close out the show I want you to talk about the importance that prayer you mentioned it earlier um, plays not only in your life but also in your recovery and your walk with Christ yeah I think prayer is so it's so powerful it holds Mm -hmm. a lot of weight when you have when you are interceding on other people's end and when you're interceding in your own life the Mm -hmm. Lord sees he knows your heart and sometimes even when you can't even hear him, he's always there. He's always with you. And I think that having a relationship with him yeah. is so important. I, Because I remember um, I used to think I was praying wrong and I would be like, am I even doing this right? Like <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I would do the three minute prayer like, Lord, I, this, please this, this and this. Yeah. I need these things to go right in my life. Yeah. Can you please make it happen? He doesn't work like that. He's not a genie. He yeah. is our father and he wants us to come to him in, at all times. He wants us to right. trust in him and for us, for him to trust in us and, and vice versa. So I think just having that relationship yeah. and just, I've started out speaking to him like he's like my best friend, like, hey God, what's up? I, you know, I don't yeah. feel the best and I don't know why. It doesn't have to be some like conformed like Lord. It felt, you know, like he's my, he's my friend, he's my dad, he's my... Well, you know, there's a lot of information, but at the end of the day, I look at prayer as a conversation Mm -hmm. with my heavenly father, with my best friend, with the spirit that indwells me, that already knows what I need, that already knows what I'm thinking. And if I'm having that bad day, I'm okay with expressing that to him. So 
takeaway from what we just talked about is prayer is a conversation and pray without ceasing. So all through the day, I try to practice, right? And when I have a decision or something come up, I now just try to consult with the Lord. Lord, what should I do here? And wait and see if he gives me an answer. And and I got to say, every time I ask, I get a better outcome because I'm listening to the divine one versus trying to, as the Bible says, lean on my own understanding. And as we wrap up, what thoughts, uh, ideas, scriptural word do you want to bless our audience with? Yeah, so I think that, or I believe in the power of writing. I think it's a written testimony of your life because I'll look back at some of the stuff that I wrote in rehab and I'm like, I cannot believe that I wrote that. That is, it's just so, it's so special. And, you know, I, I can't speak for everyone, but I know that the, well, I can speak for everyone. The Lord has a plan for you. He loves you. He, Mm -hmm. he wants to guide you and he will, if you just open your heart, that 1%. And I believe that, you know, it's, it might feel so daunting and like, you know, Mm -hmm. are you here? Are you here? But he's always there. He's always with you and he will guide you. It will, he blessed us with you. It was no coincidence when I ran into you and I said, because I've been praying, Lord, we need to be able to reach a younger audience. And he blessed us with you and thank you for blessing us today. And we, as we always do, I want to close by recapping the key things that we've discussed and talked about. The show's title was Growing in God's Love. And I believe just by us fellowshipping today and hearing your story and testimony that I know I've grown in God's love. And we want you guys to remember that God loved us first. We see that through his grace, um, through our faith, and through the cross. And God's love is not fickle. Uh, It's not faint. It's everlasting. And most importantly, remember that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And guys, if you would like to support us, please do so at FromBeerToTheBible.com. Please like, share, and comment, and share this with anyone it can help. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's From Beer to the Bible. Make sure to tune in next week when Irvin and Sarah gift you with even more addiction recovery information. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And remember, we're always there for you. Wow, and we have a special treat. Adriana wrote a poem that she's going to share with us. Yes, so I wrote this, my first poem, in rehab. So it's titled, Hello Sobriety. Goodbye addiction, we had a long run. I turned over a new leaf. Hello sobriety, let's have some fun. All along, waiting to catch me, once I fell, I kneeled and said, Hello sobriety, we meet again. Endless nights, thoughts were on my head. I was alive, but my soul was dead. As I call upon my savior day and night, that's when I won, I don't have to fight. Leaving behind sins of the past, forgiveness is key, let's make it last. When I feel low, I know who to call. Hello sobriety, I'm giving you my all. Whoa, thank you so much for that. Beautiful.